Oh my God, I have chills. What happened? Oh my God. Oh, I just can't. What? What up? Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Guys, it's our birthday today. Yeah, it is. We're on the wrong side of 35. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) What if we we were just sobbing? Bursted into tears. (laughs) We are officially in our late 30s. (gasps) That's bullshit. Isn't that weird? Yeah, because it's not true. Okay, I think a lot of weird. Yeah, lines weird. (laughs) A lot of people would argue otherwise is what I'm saying. Oh, my God. 36. Yeah. 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 Okay, well, our husbands are um, putting the kids down for both of us. So but I said, if I'm done recording, by the time we get back, I'll help them. So let's get started. (laughs) (laughs) Page three. On shout out. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I'll totally come help you. Only if we get done in time though. All right. Yours is gonna be <laughs> Oh my god. That joke is hilarious. But seriously, Patreon shout out. Destiny, Bonnie, Lane, and Wendy, welcome. Y'all, you've humbled us. This has been a great birthday present. This is. Thank you so much. And um, another great birthday present we got was our friend. Our friends came in town. And Mary Lily, Mimi's gifting studio. Y'all, she gives the best. She gave us a gift basket with all these very personal touches. She's so good at it. And Father's Day is coming up. This is what she does for a living. Like, let's support Um, small business. Let's do this. I'm actually, I'm going to her website right now because that does remind me I need to get pain. Father's Day and birthday are back to back. Just yeah. as Mother's Day and my birthday were back to back. I have I have to deal with that shit next month. So mm-hmm. you know what also she's very good at is um she was talking about our mutual friends who had their first wedding anniversary and that's like paper or whatever. Oh uh, yeah. The yeah, people yeah. who do that, she's really good at that. She uh, can, that's she a can, good one. I know. She can figure shit out for you. I like that. Mm-hmm. Did she do cash? <laughs> Just Can you imagine? That would be so like, funny. Cash. Like, okay, give her 20 bucks. bucks. Uh, I want 20, whatever. I don't know. I don't know what the fit. Me and Barrett never do gifts, but like, we don't if, either. It's, if it was this easy, then sure I will. Yeah. Same. So that is Mimi's Gifting Studio.com. Go to her. Support small <laughs> business, everything. The only thing I had was. I was out of town this weekend and you have people staying with you. So I'm not sure if you've seen it yet either. I have not watched a Dateline yet from Friday. Oh, gonna, I have. About, I want to, you, how did you have time to watch it? Um, this kid has an ear infection and gets up at 530 the, this week. Um, so, um, and everyone else is hung over. So I was up. Okay. Hours before everyone. So I'm watching it tonight after Succession. I'm so amped. And then tomorrow, Brian Koberger enters his plea. Yeah. Guilty, not guilty. We will know by the time this airs, we will know if we are having a trial or not. I think he's going to go not guilty. Yeah, for sure. I do too. Um, I think he likes the attention. 
this Dateline was really good. The BTK killer's daughter's on there to discuss, you know, cer certain things. And Brian Coburger's, Brian Coburger's sister knew it. That, that It's amazing. I'm like, damn, they won't comment on that part of it. So it's that's really what you've heard about that. That's it. The Coburgers uh, won't comment on that? Right. The attor their attorney says they won't comment on that. But yeah, she was like, why is Brian wearing latex gloves? He has a white Elantra family meeting. Yeah. And, and, I heard and his sister, his dad was like, no, there's no way Brian's responsible. But him and his sister's like, let's go search his car. And it smelled like bleach. Yeah, they he just cleaned it with bleach. And when they busted in, which they busted in in the, in the middle of the night, right? Yeah, but he was awake. He was awake in the kitchen wearing his latex gloves, sorting through the trash. And they're like, yeah. oh, you're up. Hands behind your back. Hell yeah. yeah. They really sent, do they have uh, footage? No. Damn. Mm. Actually, not that I saw. I was kind of distracted. So I need to, re I might rewatch it. But no, I don't oh. think so. Oh my God. I'm so excited to watch it. That's crazy about mm -hmm. the sister. But like, unfortunately you just when the, it's a nationwide hunt for a white elantra in the moscow area like i have i don't know i would question it too Thank well God, especially with your brother well the gloves around the house is fucking weird yeah around the house that is so weird his plan i don't know what he was planning to do because i'm like they don't have to have your dna necessarily they can get any of your family members you're gonna make them all wear gloves I know. What was the plan there? If that's your son and brother, I'd be like, that is coincidence, right? I guess unless he's Brian Koberger and weird as shit. They do go back to like... That's what I'm wondering. If, they, if they're like, uh, he has... Well, he has you know. killed a few cats in his day. <laughs> he's very weird. Yeah. And they also, they found him participating in a message board very active in it, like years ago, like 2007-ish. Whoa. Mm -hmm. Did they confirm if it was papa roger um they pretty much they say we are convinced i guess they're like it's not confirmed but they say we are convinced yeah that's what i there was a little back and forth on um, that yeah i was like confirmed he was papa roger and people are like it was suggested not confirmed <laughs> i guess yeah. they're right but i'm like you have to be pretty papa Ro roger at this point would come forward if it's not him for real and everyone's like no he's been active since uh brian's arrest no he hasn't if uh -oh. you look at the profile link the the account id has changed that's someone else being an idiot right so he is not i mean it is come on let's be uh, it is and i mean they've put it on dateline now so yeah wow okay well we will know tomorrow on monday what his plea is and holy shit yeah all right today i'm telling you about the weepy voiced killer I do not like the sound of this. I've heard of it, but it I makes them sound so weak. I mean, that, it, it's, it's does he just call crying? Worst, yeah, it oh would God. be the worst serial killer name to be given. I bet he was like, God damn it. <laughs> I sh shouldn't have called that many times crying. <laughs> All right, sources, Criminal Minds, just, uh, Justia? Is that how it, it's the law, it's the like case law whatever minnesotanewscounty.com oxygen's mark of a killer and our patron lq whose mom knew him oh my god i forgot we'll get into it Don't oh worry. my god then we're gonna have a first hand account hell yeah. yeah so we're going to minnesota 
on Burr. New Year's Eve. <laughs> Indeed. It's cold. New Year's Eve? Yeah. It's like negative 25 degrees. Right. As one of those where you throw the water and it freezes midair. Yeah. So on New Year's Eve, 1980, 20-year-old Karen Podak was out celebrating with her sisters and friends until about 1 a.m. when she decided to walk home by herself. She was in St. Paul, so there were a ton of people around because it's a pretty big city. Yeah. But she decided to take a shortcut down an alleyway just as a man was driving down. Mm. He saw that she had no jacket on. And again, it's Minnesota. It's freezing. It's cold as a witch's tit out there. Whoa. Mm -hmm. And he asked her if she wants a ride. And I know, and I don't get in the car with any strangers, but it's 1980. She's freezing and a little drunk. She actually still had her champagne flute in her hand. Hell yeah, girl. You take that roadie. Yeah, she goes for it. Three hours later, police receive a 911 call from a man sobbing into the phone, telling them to go to Malberg Manufacturing Company. And I'm going to play a clip of it, but I'll translate it after. Oh, God. Yes, please. This is an emergency. Please send a squad to Pierce Butler Road, Malberg Manufacturing Company, machine shop. Please, there's an ambulance, too. There's a girl hurt there. Can you tell me what happened to her? Just hurry, she's laying on the ground in the back by the by the railroad tracks, by the edge what, What's the address? I don't know. Who are you? So I essentially, you're uncomfortable? I'm, I'm very uncomfortable. The poor dispatcher's like, oh, girl, can you put your dad on the phone? <laughs> I need an adult. Can you put an adult on the phone? He essentially tells them to hurry. There's a girl laying on the railroad tracks, and she's hurt. The dispatcher asks what happens to him, and he says just to hurry. Then the dispatcher asks address. He whimpers that he doesn't know. Then the dispatcher asks, who are you? Click. Mm. So cops get there and find Karen lying naked in the snow with blood everywhere. She's been beaten with a tire iron. Uh-uh. So badly that her brain was exposed. I'm going to vomit. I know. Sorry. Oh, God. One cop said it was the worst scene he's ever been to. But, Rach, she's alive. Uh-uh, no. Mm-hmm. No. I know. Hers is a survival story. Unfortunately, they're all not. But holy shit. Whoa. But due to the relentless beating to her head, she can't remember one thing about her attack, which, thank God, but she doesn't have any clue what this guy looks like. She can't give the police any information. Yeah, blessing and a curse. Right. Six months later, another incident happens. Kimberly Compton was from a very small-ass town in Wisconsin that had a population of 1,000 people. So she's amped to get out and move to the big capital city of Minnesota. Yeah. Which is, Rage? St. Paul. Oh, you didn't know. Oh, I was going to say. Colin was going to be so proud. Oh, girl, I could do all 50 cities. Give me another one. Give me another one. <laughs> Give me another one. <laughs> North Dakota. Bismarck. Oh. <gasps> South Washington, Dakota. Olympia, South Dakota, uh, 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 Pierre, maybe. Oh my God. See. All right. I'm not even Googling it. Hold on. Did you think I was going to say Minneapolis? Like a chump, like a fucking idiot. Yeah, I did. I sure did. Let's see. South Dakota. Capital oh. Pierre. Oh my God. Oh. oh my God. All right. I'm moving on. So after graduating high school in June 1981, she packs up all her shit, takes the bus downtown St. Paul, and she's very excited to start her new life. 
She puts all of her stuff in a locker at the bus station and went searching for somewhere to eat. Across the street from the bus station was Mickey's Diner, so she walked there and got the special. It was a barbecue beef sandwich and fries. And she sat in the booth to enjoy her very first meal in her new city. Oh, fun. I don't know. She's just excited, being like, what am I going to do tonight? Mm. Sitting a few booths down was a man sitting alone who walked over and started a conversation with Kimberly. They ended up finishing their meals together, and she told him that she was new to the city and didn't know her way around yet. Being the gentleman he is, he offered to show her around, and because she was so excited to explore, she happily said yes. Mm, God. A few days later, some boys were playing in a field south of St. Paul and found a dead woman in the bushes by the Mississippi River. She had been stabbed with an ice pick 61 times. Whoa. Yeah, angry. She had no ID on her at the time, but police found her keys to that locker at the bus station, which is where they found all her bags and her identification was in there. Oh, no. They also saw that she had undigested barbecue and fries in her stomach. So they walked across the street to Mickey's Diner and it was still the special. So that's how they were able to piece her night together. Whoa. I know. They did that quickly. They immediately interviewed any potential witnesses at Mickey's Diner, but nothing came of it. There was no physical evidence, so they're stuck. And then two days later, the police get a call. Oh, God. I can't with this guy. How many How many of these calls you got? Um, just three. <laughs> just 45. Just, uh, there's tons of them. Oh, God. Don't talk. Just listen. I'm sorry what I did to Compton. I couldn't help it. Don't know why I had to stab her. I am so upset about it. I keep getting drunk. I can't think of being locked up. If I get locked up, I'd kill myself. I'd rather kill myself than get locked up. I'll try not to kill anybody else. Oh my God. He says, don't talk, just listen. I'm sorry for what I did to Compton. I couldn't help it. I don't know why I had to stab her. I'm so upset about it. I keep getting drunk. I can't think of being locked up. If I get locked up, I'll kill myself. I'd rather kill myself than get locked up. I'll try not to kill anyone else. Click. I mean, but, okay, 1981? We can trace calls. He's staying on the phone long enough to trace that shit. Rage, you hacked into my story and you read the next line. Shut up. Yeah. The, ne- the very next line, this is what... Being twins, twins about, about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and on our birthday it's just like Forget extra it. uh whatever esp sure 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 this call lasted long enough to trace it and police tried to keep on the, keep them on the phone while a squad car ran out there but he was gone by the time they got there with some random payphone oh my god i mm-hmm. really hit the nail on the head i know police knew it was the same person who had attacked kimberly podak so now they're on the hunt for a gal walking down the street just sobbing. <laughs> just <kidding. laughs> they're like, Can you imagine? see any grown ass men walking down the street looking like a <laughs> bitch? Could you call us? Yeah. Just <laughs> crying. Sobbing. Maybe a little drunk. Maybe yeah. a little drunk. Maybe drunk. They released a portion of the calls to the public to see if anyone recognizes the voice and got hundreds of leads. All yeah. of which went nowhere, though. God, there's several men like this then? I know. It's it's very upsetting. Oh, my God. They also noticed that both victims were wearing red. Might be a coincidence, might not be. They don't know at this point. It's weird how different the MO is. Like, one got stabbed 61 mm-hmm. times, 
And then what was the first one? I can't remember now. I'm so tired. Well, he beat her with the tire iron. Oh, yeah. Until the tire brain was exposed. Yeah. Yeah. I blocked it out of my memory on purpose. It's mm -hmm. weird. Yeah. Two months later, cops got a call to a domestic d dispute and a man named Alan Lopez is holding his family hostage. So squad cars are surrounding the house. They have negotiators on the phone with them. And during that conversation, he confesses to murdering Kimberly Compton. Oh. So now cops are going in. They have a confessed murderer and people are inside. They're storming it. They get inside and find that Alan Lopez's mom, dad, and sister are all dead from gunshot wounds. But he did not turn it on himself? No. He's alive? Yep. Mm, okay. Good. They take him into custody and dig into his background, and he has a history of assault and mental illness. And obviously, they can't take his word for it. So a voice recognition analyst compares his voice from the recorded negotiations to the weepy voice killer. And to them, it sounds different. But since they have a confession, they don't write it off yet. But he's not crying in the hostage phone call? No. Mm, I feel like it's not him. Mm, we'll see. Six months goes by, and while investigators are still trying to determine if Alan Lopez is responsible, he commits suicide in prison. Oh, come on. I know. But then another six months goes by without a murder, so they're thinking they had the right man. Yeah. But... On August 6, 1982, 40-year-old Barbara Simons was having a night out at the Hexagon Bar in Minneapolis. She was on the dance floor dancing and drinking with a man she had met that night. And at one point when ordering her drink, she mentioned to the bartender that she hopes the man was nice because he was taking her home later. Ooh. Which seems like kind of like just in case something happens. Like she was telling someone. Yeah. Later that night, the bartender saw them leave together. The next day, Barbara was found in a remote area, stabbed over a hundred times. I think a newspaper boy found her too. I'm like, duh, these poor oh, boys. Yeah, these kids keep finding. Just finding them, yeah. Then they got that familiar call, Rach. Oh God, here we go. This is the last one. I'm sorry, I killed that girl. I stabbed her 40 times. Kimberly Compton was the first one. Oh my like calm down oh, yeah she's like you're making me very uncomfortable and i've had a lot of weird calls dog mm -hmm. so he says i'm sorry i killed that girl i stabbed her 40 times which no you didn't okay. kimberly compton was the first over in st paul i don't know what's the matter with me i'm sick i'm going to kill myself i'm just going to if it, somebody dies with a red shirt on it's me i've killed more people i'll never uh. make it to heaven Oh, so it is a red shirt thing. I know. That's so not weird. Alan Lopez either. It was not Alan Lopez. I guess he was just lying. I knew that. Yeah, you did call that. Cops interviewed the bartender at Hexagon Bar and showed them show him several mug shots, and he successfully pointed out the man Barbara left with. They identify him as Paul Michael Stefani. Paul grew up in Austin, Minnesota, and there's not a ton on his childhood, but a few sources did say he came from a very religious family and his stepdad would regularly beat him and his siblings what a dick 
Yeah. One of our patrons' mother, LQ, LQ's mom, is from Austin, Minnesota, and went on a few coffee dates with Stefani. Oh. She said that he had a twin brother who was much more sociable and liked than Paul was. So you're the Paul. Oh, my God. I was about to say, like, me and you. <laughs> Except, um... <laughs> But no the sources brother. said that he has a, they don't go into family life at all. So maybe that's why I don't know that he has a twin, but not one other resource or podcast said that he has a twin. So that's, that's so interesting. I like the inside, inside scoop. I know, but she put him in the friend zone real quick. LQ yeah. Said. Yeah. You'd have to, he's weird. Was it, did he cry on the date? <laughs> Could you imagine? He's just like, it's like this coffee sucks. My coffee's cold, and I just <laughs> be hilarious. Oh Further my looking God. into him. Further looking into him, police found he was recently fired from Malberg Manufacturing Plant, which is where Karen Podak lives. Oh uh, yeah. But she said he didn't know the address, which was obviously bullshit. But yeah, he was just drunk. Drunk or probably buying time so she would die. Uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Police started monitoring Stefani, but one night he managed to go unnoticed by police and solicit a sex worker named Denise Williams. She was 19 and had been a sex worker since she was 13. That's too young. Oh my God, that's so sad. Wait, hello, police? <laughs> what are you know. doing? You're supposed know. to be watching this guy? Yeah, he managed to get away somehow. They lost him for a second. Um, okay. Yeah, she was a sex worker since she was 13, but that means she's... That means she's very street smart and doesn't uh, yeah. take shit. Don't start no shit, won't be no shit. That's right. They had sex in his apartment, and then he offered her a ride downtown, which she accepted. On the way back, he was talking about his sexual fantasies, which I read court documents to try to find the details of them, but there was nothing. Mm. But anyway, it was enough to give her the creeps because she also noticed they started going the wrong way. And so she's like, oh, this guy's going to try something. And he, she takes notice of a glass bottle by her feet just in case. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. She asks where they're going, and he says he has a shortcut. And then he pulls into a dead end, stops the car, and says, some ass, some grass, or gas. No one rides for free. <laughs> so he, she has to provide one of those? <laughs> yeah. Which I'm like, well, you already got your quote-unquote ass. So, like, take me to the FM. We already it's did that. The dumbest thing. The stupidest thing. I've ever heard. <laughs> so she was like, oh, okay, then I'll just get out. Yep. She attempts to get out of the car. He grabs her left arm and stabs her in the stomach with a oh, screwdriver. Oh, God. Repeatedly until she falls back into her seat. She quickly reached for the glass bottle on the floorboard and hit him over the head with it, and it breaks, cutting his eye and head. Ow. And he continues to stab her. Then he screams in a high-pitched voice that Denise was just like the rest of the broads. Uh, what? You, you know those women who get all uppity after being stabbed? <laughs> You're just like all of them. <laughs> Mad. You get, all, you get all fidgety. You're being hysterical. Right. <laughs> Fuck off. So Denise continues fighting, biting, kicking, scratching. He drags her out of the car, gets onto the pavement, gets on top of her, continues to stab her. She yells that she's dying and all of a sudden stops moving. What the idiot doesn't realize is that he actually pulled into a neighborhood. It's not a remote area. Oh. And Denise's screams were heard by a neighbor, Douglas Panning. He ran over and he said, oh, God. Oh, Lord. 
he heard a thud as Stefani was stabbing her, which was the sound of a screwdriver hitting bone. Ow! He grabs Stefani off of Denise, and that's when Stefani turns his attention to Panning. He came after him with the screwdriver, but Panning got away, ran inside to call the police. And by the time he came back, Stefani had fled. Shit. So he stays with Denise until cops get there because he's being a very good Samaritan, and she was actually faking dead. She was just trying to get Stefani to stop stabbing her. Hell yeah. She told police her name was Mary Gross because there was a warrant out for her arrest for breaking probation for forgery or something minor like that. Plus, she didn't want to tell the cops that she was engaged in the act of prostitution. So she told them she was hitchhiking instead. She was taken to the hospital and had a punctured lung and liver. (laughs) But she lived and she was treated. Denise eventually told the police the truth about her real name and hitchhiking, which later would be used against her in court. But whatever. (sighs) Okay. All right. Meanwhile, Stefani returned home and made a call to the police. But not to whimper about hurting another woman, no. It was to request an ambulance for his bleeding head. Oh, from the glass bottle? Uh-huh. Perfect. I know, great. He told dispatch he got beat up. Which you damn right you did. Yeah, he yeah, did. And he needed medical attention. His voice was quickly recognized by police, the police department. So cops put him in a picture lineup and went to the hospital, and Denise successfully pointed out him as the guy who attacked her. Hell yeah. So they arrested him for the attack on Denise, which he obviously denies. And during questioning, Detective Don Brown asked what happened to his face. He claims he was a victim of a mugging gone wrong. And the detective interviewing him makes him think that he's believing him. So he'd like be the utmost relaxed. And as they're going through this fake mugging story, the detective just pulls out a picture of Karen Podak, Kimberly Compton, and Barbara Simons and puts them all in front of Paul. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. And he starts crying. <laughs> Pretty much. Yes. I'm just kidding. He, get, he does get up from the table and says, you're not going to pin those on me. And his voice changed from their normal conversation to the high pitch one he uses during calls. It's weird. It's weird. I'm like, why did you do that? You should have gone the other way, like a deeper voice. But that must be his genuine yeah. reaction when he's nervous or something. I don't know. Oh, my God. Did LQ's mom say that he talked like that at their coffee dates? No. Like, did he have a normal voice? He had a normal voice. Oh, God. It's so weird. <laughs> Can't. It's like his actual impulse to talk like a five-year-old girl when he's nervous. Oh, my God. I'm so glad I don't have that impulse. Oh, my God. Me, too. So they arrest him, and he pleads not guilty. The judge on in the trial doesn't allow them to rely on the voice analysis to convict him. So he was found guilty on the attack of Denise Williams and the murder of Barbara Simon since they had two eyewitnesses who pointed him out yeah but there wasn't enough evidence to convict him on karen podak's attack or kimberly compton's murder oh my god so for denise and barbara he got 40 years in prison which is weird barbara's dead Mm. but anyway 10 years into his sentence he told police he would tell them everything if they did him a favor oh god he wanted a picture of his mother's tombstone and they're like Sure, we'll do that. We'll bring it to you if you want. We don't care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? So he we'll finally confessed. <laughs> so he finally confessed to Kimberly and Karen, and then he confessed to murdering a new girl. But he didn't uh-huh. remember her name or address. 
but she's, he said that she drowned it. He drowned her in the bathtub and he put her, I know the MO is very off. That's and he so put weird. her purse in a mailbox down the street, like a postal, like a drop box. And he explained the layout of her apartment. And that's all I can remember. So detectives looked at cold cases and found Kathleen Greening, who mysteriously died in her bathtub in 1982, two weeks before Barbara Simons was murdered. Her purse was, in fact, found by a mailman in a drop box. They went to the evidence locker and they checked her address book. And the very last name she had written down was Paul S. Shut up. I know. So Wait. finally, her family gets closure, too. But that case went cold? Yeah. I crazy? mean, you can that's tell. like good evidence. Like she dies mysteriously. Her purse was found in a very weird place. And there's an address book with name and contacts of people she'd recently been in contact with. Like that's, there you go. I don't think they thought it was a murder. Well, I know, but wouldn't you think if you found her purse somewhere weird, I don't know. Oh and, yeah, you're right. And like, it sounds like everyone he attacked was young. The uh -huh. oldest one being like 40. Yeah. Like, this one and this one he did drowned not call and about oh and he, yeah he didn't call he didn't call this is the only mar victim he did not call after that's just, just weird so weird that that was like oof that was that's a strange death oh well do do, do. interesting okay all right yeah i guess the all 80s right. man classic 80s but i guess and it's weird that there's a little backstory there where they knew each other like or like they clearly met she clearly put his name in his address book yeah to be seen again like they're gonna see each other again so i'm like that's the one you didn't call the cops on when they're randoms he called yeah. sobbing yeah that's weird uh-huh so the motive they think criminal profilers believe his catholic upbringing made him believe that if he confessed to his son he would be forgiven uh -huh. but unfortunately it does not work like that not in the court of law sorry, no. so sorry could you imagine if it did the mayhem Oh my God. You're like, okay, look, I'm sorry. Like, yeah. oh, y'all, he's sorry. He said he was sorry. He told us. He also had a girlfriend from Syria who moved back there due to an arranged marriage. And he's criminal like, really? profilers think that he's secretly killing her with all these victims. He was uh -huh. pissed. Uh -huh. But he says he just heard voices telling him to do it. And at the time when he would start killing him, he would, in his mind, be like saying, kill, kill, kill. And then it would stop and he'd be like, what am I doing? Holy shit, she's dying. I need to stop. And it became a game. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. But the cause didn't sound like sympathy for the woman. It's all about him not going to jail or go, getting into heaven. It's all very weird. So I would love a little psychology, psychological yeah. analysis on this dude. Yeah. But I don't have one, unfortunately. <laughs> you didn't do one? Do. You don't I, don't, whip, I didn't do one for this one. Whip one up real quick. Yeah. <laughs> but that is the story of the insane my paul michael stefani wait is he still alive no he died of cancer because that's why he wanted his mom a picture of his mom's tombstone he said well, he had terminal cancer and he just wanted i don't know oh okay when did he die do you know a keepsake um i can tell you in two seconds oh my god what a, i'd heard of that before but i didn't know the story I feel like anytime anyone's given a serial killer name, it's a big one. So I'm like, I know I know it, but I don't. 1998, he died. Oh, God. He I know. Was it too high profile? No, it's not. I don't, I'm saying I don't think anyone really knows that. The I mean, calls are just fascinating to me. I'm like, and he's like, you've got to find, there's so many calls, but one's like, 
why haven't y'all found me? And like, you haven't said your fucking name yet. Just say it. We'll find you real quick. Walk your ass in here. We'd be happy to see you. Good Lord. So stupid. And then I'm like, this isn't, this is not doing you any favors. You're not going to heaven. Let's just face that right now. Yeah. And so I just, don't know what the red shirt thing was. It's just all very, uh, one podcast was like, thinks that, which this really pisses me off, thinks that he was like getting them to engage in sexual acts and sinful things, which for all we know, he raped them. Yeah, yeah. And then punish it and then punish them for being sinful whores. Yeah, I, I, I can see that. That's so obnoxious. Screw you. I hope that's not true. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, good one. Thanks everyone. Thanks everyone. Happy birthday. I'm gonna go eat my birthday Thanks. dinner. Me too. You are the best. People are the worst. Bye. Bye.